Hi, hola, and hello, and welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool But podcast, hosted by me, yours truly, Jackie. I'm an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, trying to balance culture, raise international kids, and learn the language all while trying not to lose my shit. When I'm not parenting, I'm a working mom, aspiring entrepreneur, and a podcaster by night. This season, I will focus on international parents doing their thing from changing careers, starting a business, all while trying to adapt to a new country. So grab a coffee or wine and listen, laugh, and enjoy. Hi everyone, and welcome back to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast. For today's podcast, I have a special guest, But first of all, I just want to say thank you to the listeners to coming back every time I post one of these podcasts because I know it's very sporadic right now. It's not weekly or every two weeks like I used to do it. I'm just doing it when I have time or when I have a really interesting guest that's coming and I want to share their experience living abroad, being a parent abroad, just being an international abroad because we know how difficult it is especially when you're coming from a different country into Denmark or when you're moving abroad to a a whole new culture, traditions, everything can be such a culture shock. And also I found out while I was doing my season one that everyone really had the same pattern. And our pattern was just changing career to move to Denmark or to a different country. And I wanted to share everyone's experience because a lot of these women, internationals, expats, dads, immigrants that move abroad really had to start a new career, learn a different culture, different traditions. And I want to just kind of share that to the listeners on how easy, where they found the passion, where they found the courage to move abroad and start a business. So thank you for coming back and listening to season two. So let's get to today's episode. So for today's episode, I have Chrysia from Bermuda living in Denmark currently. But before she moved to Denmark, she actually lived all over the world, Spain, Turkey, and now in Denmark, specifically in Viboa. Before Viboa, she actually lived in Aarhus. In this episode, we'll be talking about her experience living in Denmark and how it was different from all the other countries that she actually lived from and her experience starting a business. Also, her passion for helping women, especially in a professional setting, find the confidence to speak English. Her business is teaching English to women specifically or anyone that wants to find confidence in speaking English in a business atmosphere. So if you're a man or a woman and you want to find a confidence in speaking English, Chrysia is your person to give you that boost and that confidence to speak English in a professional setting. And also her courses and her way of teaching English is so different from your traditional way of learning grammar. She makes it fun. She makes it new. She makes it easy for any foreigner to find the confidence to speak English during a meeting, during an interview, or just in general in everyday life. And also, she's going to be talking about her entrepreneurial journey from working from the KFC to finding inspiration to start her own business as an English teacher here in Denmark. I can just keep talking about our episode, but let's just get to the episode and interview. So I don't just keep talking and letting spoiling all the what we talk about in the interview. So here we go. 
Hi, Chrissia, and thank you for being on my podcast. My kids think I'm cool, but, and I know you're super busy with so many things going on in、uh, your English business and also personal life with your family. So, thank you so much for being on here and sharing your business and your personal life here in Denmark. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. I know you weren't on my last podcast. About raising families here in Denmark. And I wanted specifically you to be on this、uh, season because it's about starting a business in Denmark. And you know how it is. You started from a different country and moved to Denmark and was just like, whoa, I need to do my own thing. And that's why I wanted you to be one of my first guests to be sharing your story. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's an honor. We've known each other for over a year. And so I thought you'd be perfect for it. <laughs> A lot of the listeners probably don't know who you are. So, how about introduce yourself or where you come from, what you did do in your home country, and now what you're doing here in Denmark? Okay, it's a little bit of a challenging question, actually. So, my name is Chrissia, and I'm from Bermuda originally. And many say what I did in my home country. That's a bit tricky because this is my eighth home country. So, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of things in a lot of different countries. I've lived in Let's see, Bermuda, Trinidad and Tobago, Barbados,、uh, Montreal, Canada, Israel, Spain, Turkey, and now Denmark. So, for the last 17 years, I guess the time that counts is, is my time in Spain, Turkey, and Denmark. I was an English teacher. And when I came to Denmark, yeah, I had to kind of figure stuff out. But I guess we'll get to that. How different is it from each country? Because it seems like you were in a lot of sunny countries and now you're in Denmark. <laughs> Well, remember, I was also in Montreal, Canada, and I was only there for a year,、uh, well, a school year. So I was there for basically the winter. Winter was October to April, so it was like minus 30 and snow the whole time. I think the darkness is the, the thing that's the hardest to adjust to in Denmark, not necessarily the weather itself. I totally agree with that because you can dress for the weather, but you can never really prepare for how sad and lonely darkness is. And miserable and gray. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's that. And it feels like you're waking up in the middle of the night, but it's actually nine o'clock in the morning and you're actually supposed to be at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. What can you say is different about you know, being raised in Barbados compared to Denmark? I know this is about a parenting podcast, but I wanted to just touch a little bit on your experience on how you grew up in Barbados and now you're raised. Oh, I grew up in Bermuda, actually. Oh, Bermuda, I'm so, sorry. Yeah, Bermuda.、No、one of the island countries,、uh, tropical countries. How is it compared to here in Denmark since you're raising your kids here? Yeah, so I really miss the community of raising kids. You know, I grew up in and out of my friends' houses, spending the night. Parents picked each other's kids up. It was all very impromptu. You know, you didn't have to make playdates and make arrangements to have coffee with other parents. It was just something you did, you know. So I really miss that. I really miss my kids having, you know, aunties and uncles, <laughs> just these other, other adults around all the time who they could, you know, treat as parents or relatives. They were like family. So it's really something that I'm trying to create around me. And it's hard because I just moved to Vivo from Aarhus. So I'm trying to create a new network, and that's always an uphill challenge. 
So you're basically starting new. Because I've heard here in Denmark, even though you move a city over, it's like starting over in a whole new country, <laughs> even for Danes. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. It's interesting. It's so it's considered so far away. I'm an hour from where I was before, but you know that's too far for playdates and too far for people to take the time to to come and visit. So that's a shame. Yeah. You're so personable and you make friends very easily. I'm pretty sure that is something that's... Yeah, I'm already, I'm, I've already made a few friends here. So I, I'm working on it, making those uh, connections a little stronger. Yeah. How do you balance integrating to a new culture, learning a language and, you know, starting this new business venture that uh, you've been doing? Well, I guess learning the language, I've been here for 12 years. I've been in Denmark for 12 years. So I feel like my Danish is where I want it to be right now. I teach English, so I use my own techniques for learning Danish. And so I'm happy with my Danish where it is right now in terms of what I need to do. Balancing, you know, being a mom and, you know, we've moved twice in the last year. We moved to Vibot, but then we moved again in Vibot last summer. So we've moved twice in the last year in the middle of a pandemic while I was starting my business. So it's been, it's been really, really challenging, but... I think the first thing I did when I decided to start a business is find a network of friends who I could connect with, who were also in the same position, who were also starting businesses. And that made such a huge difference. That made such a huge difference because, you know, we motivate each other and, and, and share what we're doing and get inspired by each other. So that's been really helpful. And we're all mothers as well. Almost all of us are mothers. So having that, you know, we have these kind of meltdowns and crises and we help each other out because we've all been there. Yeah, no, I understand. And I feel like when you have a network of mothers, you understand when like that person's sick or like you have a meltdown. It's like, oh, I know where exactly where you're at. I had that last week. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think having that network and having people around me who are supportive and who know what I'm doing. You know, my husband is very supportive but he has no idea what I sit in front of my computer doing all day, you know? So having a network of other people who are doing similar things, but in different industries is really, really what keeps me going. That's really great. And I think that's a really important as an international moving to a new country, feeling lonely um, a network and friends is really important to have, or it's just a downward spiral of depression. <laughs> I've experienced it. And it's so have I. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every international living or immigrant or anyone moving abroad just has a honeymoon period where everything's exciting, new, and then all of a sudden the, the little thing like translating something just annoys you because you're like, I don't have to do this at home. You know, this is really interesting because like I said, this is the eighth country I've lived in. And I've, so I have the experience of moving to a new culture, learning a new language, huge change. I think Denmark is really special. <laughs> I think maybe it's because the situation, you know, I moved here because I got married to a Dane. So maybe that's part of it. But it was so much easier in all the other countries. I mean, granted, in some of them, I was moving to go to university. So you already have a network. But there were others where, you know, I was just, it's been a unique experience moving to Denmark, as opposed to, you know, moving to Istanbul, Turkey, or moving to Spain. Yeah, it's been a very different experience. Don't you feel like moving to all these countries, you would think you would be prepared for Denmark and then it's just like a whole new preparation. Denmark throws stuff at you that you didn't see coming. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a unique feeling towards foreigners in Denmark that on the surface is, oh yeah, we're very international and we're, you know, come on in and we accept everybody. But 
the culture is very closed. And maybe it's also, as a Black person in Denmark, I'm obviously not from around here. And so people start off from that point with me. And it's quite a challenge to break through. I can understand because I have Asian heritage, so I also get the stereotypes right away. Yeah, right away. And it's really hard to break out of them. It's really hard. People have whole conversations with me, you know, for half an hour, 45 minutes, and then we'll say something that really, like, I'm like, oh my gosh. So you had this idea coming into meeting me, and our last half hour, 45 minutes of conversation, you haven't realized that you were wrong. You know, it's it's really, really challenging. Yeah, but we're past it, and now we're doing great things. Uh, you're helping, actually, now, not just Danes, but internationals have a better business English. And is this something that you were doing before you went to Denmark? Or is it just something you just came up with and then you're like, I'm going to do it? No, no. I've been, a, I've been teaching English as a foreign language to adults since I was in Turkey. Now, actually, since I was in Spain. So like I said, for the last 17 years, I've been an English teacher. I got trained as a Cambridge certified, CELTA certified um, English teacher. And that's what I did for a little while in Spain and then for my whole time in Turkey. And I thought I could come to Denmark and do it. I mean, it seemed obvious. English isn't a first language here, but it's, it's again, challenging to get into the Danish English teaching industry. But yeah, I realized that what I have to offer is something unique that's not out there in the course market, in the English course market. And I wanted to make sure that I can really offer that to my clients instead of going through an agency that's just you know, selling English classes. You're offering a not traditional English uh, class. Yeah, I mean, my focus is on empowering people to use their English. So I start with helping them to become more confident using the English they have and then build on that, improving their English. Because I notice that when I go into companies and teach, especially the women, you know, I'll have a mixed group of men and women. The men think their English is absolutely fine. The women at the same level are holding themselves back. They're not answering the phone. They're not applying for promotions because they don't think their English is good enough. Whereas the men at the same level are saying, oh, I don't know why I'm here. My English is fine. And so the more you go in and teach, okay, well, here's a grammar point that you need to fix. And the men are like, well, I don't need to fix it. I've been doing that all this time and everyone understands me. And the women are saying, oh my gosh, I've been making this mistake. It's a good thing I didn't do anything. It's a good thing I'm not saying anything. And so no one leaves any better. And it's just this cycle that keeps repeating itself. And yeah, so I wanted to I wanted to do something that could change that. I know you said that that you were doing it before you came to Denmark, but what made you just not drop everything, but just say, I'm going to do this 100% full time doing it here in Denmark? What made you get to that point? I guess I have to share a little bit about what it's been like since I came to Denmark, because when I first came, I thought, okay, I can get a job as an English teacher, but they won't accept me to teach English at schools because I don't have the Danish teaching certificate. And I'm not going to go back to university to learn how to teach in the Danish system when I've already trained and I have experience being an English teacher. And I'm a native speaking English teacher. You know, I have the skills already. So the only jobs that I could get were in kitchens, cooking. So I worked in a cafe and I worked in a canteen at, a, at an after school. But, you know, I, all the while I was working with teaching agencies, going out to companies and teaching company classes or, you know, after work classes. So I have been teaching English here in Denmark, but through these agencies and the standards of, you know, of their English teaching 
the standards of who they hire as teachers is very low. They have just one type of class. You know, you can get two hours or two and a half hours a week and that's it. And really there's trying to sell, you know, oh, we'll teach you the grammar and vocabulary you need. But that's not actually what the clients really need. You know, when I go in and talk to them, what they need is confidence and what they need is fluency. And the courses aren't set up to give them what they need. And they're not set up to check afterwards and see if they're actually using it. You know, so I wanted to provide something that the people I was working for weren't providing. And for all of the agencies I was working for, you can't have your own business while you're working with them because then they consider that to be competition. Obviously, if I'm working for myself and I go into a company for them, they're afraid that I'll sell them my services while I'm in there with them. So I had to basically decide, okay, either I'm doing this and I can cut the cord with the other agencies or not. So I decided to go all in. Yeah. And how, how has that been? Is it, has it been joyful? Has it been like, oh my gosh, I'm actually starting something from scratch and it's something you are passionate about and you can actually hear it from your voice that you are passionate about teaching business English or just English in general to adults so they can better it. I'm passionate about helping people. And so this is like my way of doing it. If I could do it another way, I would, but I think I do this in a unique way. And I've come up with a system and techniques that are unique to me. And by sharing them with people and seeing, and, you know, getting results, it brings me absolute joy. And of course, my clients are really happy. So of course, yeah, I approach it with a lot of joy and enthusiasm, but it's not because I'm passionate about English. I'm passionate about helping people in a way that works. So you said earlier that you kind of have your own twist to teaching English. And when I think about learning English or any other language, I think of like boring books and doing grammar. How is yours different from the traditional way of learning English? Well, I think the starting point is different. I am like you. You know, I grew up doing languages at school. I had to do French and Latin, actually, at my school. And I failed them both at different points in time. I thought I wasn't good at languages. And I found out later, after traveling and learning languages on the way, that I wasn't good at learning languages in school. I hated grammar. I hated studying vocabulary. It felt pointless. And so then when I became an English teacher, and I was, you know, for the first two years I was teaching that way, I was like, oh, I hate this. And my students hate this. Why don't I teach them in a way that I would like to be taught as someone who also hates learning grammar and vocabulary? So I started coming up with techniques where they didn't have to study the grammar and they didn't have to study lists of vocabulary. And I tried to make English language learning a lot more natural and a lot more like how you learn your first language. And I started really investigating how we acquire our first language and observing and trying different things out. I was fortunate enough to be working in an immersion course where I got to get a new group of six people every week because they had, it was just a five day course. So I got to try different things out on them and, you know, look back and see how it was working and perfect things. And, and some people were coming back, you know, a couple of months later. So I was able to kind of follow their progress and see how things work. So I came up with my techniques through personal trial and error myself, as I had to learn Turkish and Spanish and some Hebrew and Arabic and French, you know, in my travels. And then, of course, Danish. 
but also trying it out on my students. You know, I was doing things in my own life and I would suggest them to my students and, and see what worked and what didn't. And what works is not just about what works for your language, it's what people can actually sustain. You know, it's one thing to come up with something that works, that helps you to learn a language quickly, but it has to be in a way that people will continue to do it and that they can do it on their own without me looking over their shoulder all the time. So I think that's what makes me different. You definitely have a unique way of supporting your students. And also you did a trial and error. So you're like, okay, this works. And also you are a person that's also learning a second language. So you can kind of like, okay, I didn't like it. how I was taught that way. And you can change it in your own way. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a language failure who has now, you know, become comfortable. I wouldn't say fluent, but I've become comfortable in two other languages that I wasn't born into and conversational in three others. So uh, four others, actually. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think that trial and error worked on myself first and then I was able to share with others. That's good. And so for any of the listeners are not so comfortable with their English definitely reach out to Christia and she'll help you get that confidence. <laughs> and I'll let you know also that my tips also work for um, people learning Danish. I've had quite a few people now who are here in Denmark who are trying to, who are really struggling with Danish. And I just give them a few tips for, for improving their language skills. Because it's really just practice that you do every day for five minutes here and there that really helps you to become more fluent and makes it easier to pick up the language. And the good thing with this is you're, you are creating a new way of learning. And if you, if you can prove this concept and you probably sounds like you have, this can go not just with English, but you said like Danish, maybe French and everything. So this opens up doors for other language learners, not just English. For me, Danish. So I'll definitely uh, look up those tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, I love the fact that, you know, people who are struggling and who have that feeling of, oh, my God, I'm never going to get this right or I'm never going to be able to do this. Or, you know, you feel stupid if you can't learn a language or if you're struggling with it. And that's not good. You don't want to feel stupid. And I know that, you know, we're all intelligent, smart women who are just, you know, struggling with language. And as soon as you find something that actually moves you forward quickly without taking up too much of your time and energy. I mean, why not? You know, especially for busy moms. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, definitely let's share that to the podcast listeners, those tips. <laughs> yeah. And um, actually I have a podcast. It's called doing business in English. I just launched it last week or, you know, very recently. So Yay. Yeah, I'm excited. you actually inspired me with that, um, with the whole podcasting thing. I was kind of wavering on it for a long time, but seeing you do it and, you know, just get it done and do it so well really inspired me. Oh, thank you. I love doing it. So I think it's just so amazing to be able to share what we like doing. Yeah. I'm also getting to talk to people who are not native English speakers who are doing business in English and they have all different accents and backgrounds and reasons for using English. And it's so wonderful to hear from them. And I love that I can share that with my audience. Yeah. And you also know that there's someone that can relate to it out there. 
not it's not gonna be a hundred percent everyone, but if you can just get the ten percent of the whole world, you're doing something right. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd be happy with point zero zero one percent of the whole world, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or even less. But yeah, I think if there's one person who can hear that and be inspired and feel like they can do it. You know, I think that's the point to feel like you actually can do it because language learning doesn't start with grammar and vocabulary. It starts with the desire to have to have a conversation in another language and to communicate with people in another language. And when that desire becomes stronger than your fear of making mistakes, that's when you really start making progress. I never thought about it that way, because when I think about I actually am in Danish school and all I think about is I'm like, oh, I have to learn the grammar of yeah just saying certain word uh, the right way and it's just so like draining but I do have the desire to learn it because I need to because my my kids are kicking my butt in Danish yeah, yeah. you know what let's talk afterwards I'll give you some tips because I made it through Lair Dansk I went from module three in June I tested at module three in June beginning of module three and I did my Providensk uh, exam in December of that same year. So I went through the whole of module three, I skipped over module four and the beginning of module five. And I finished up with my module five group in December and I got tens and sevens in my exam. Okay, we're talking because I also need to finish. I need to finish my Danish class this year. Yeah, and get it done and over with, man. Yeah, talk to me and we'll, we'll uh, I'll share with you some, some tips and tricks. And maybe I can make a little uh, PDF and share it with your audience as well. Yeah, because uh, all of us are also struggling with Danish. You know what? By the time this airs, I'll have it up at lightningenglish.com slash Danish. Perfect. Yay. So if you go to that, just for your audience, I'll make a little worksheet and maybe possibly a little video to go along with it of how you can use my techniques to improve your Danish. And pass the PD3 <laughs> yeah. that we all have to do. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, definitely possible. Not just that, I shared it with other people in my Danish class and they also went through a lot quicker than the other people in the class. So it wasn't just me. It's not like I have some special skills because I don't. No, that's perfect. With this journey that you started with teaching English, how did you find the courage, the courage to do it, especially in a new country in Denmark? You said it's very difficult here in Denmark. Is it difficult business-wise to start a business? We all know making friends is pretty difficult, but just in general, how did you find the courage to move forward? Because maybe there's a listener out there that has an idea of doing something that's kind of different, but don't have the courage to do it. I came across a quote early in my business journey while I was thinking about it. And it is sometimes being brave means doing it scared. And so I wasn't looking for courage. I was looking, you know, when, when the discomfort of something becomes greater than the comfort of staying where you are, then you do it. I was really frustrated with, at that time, I was working at KFC. Like, okay, I love eating some KFC, but I don't want to work there. You know, I was in my mid 40s working at a fast food restaurant and looking forward at my life. I'm like, how am I going to retire? You know, I've lived in too many countries to like get a pension. So how am I going to retire? I'm not getting a regular job in Denmark and I'm not getting a job that sees my skills and my abilities. And if I'm going to do that, I have to make it myself. And so finally that the discomfort of where I was became greater than the discomfort of like jumping into all of this strange new world of being a, a, an entrepreneur. So 
Yeah, I think it was just, you have to get to that breaking point where where you are is no longer good enough. And it's so bad that you're like, okay, I need something different. And what is that? And I was thinking about what brings me joy, what I'm good at, what I could see myself doing for the rest of my life and being happy. And that's how I came up with Lightning English. And you're helping tons of people along the way. So I think that's a really great thing that you came up with that. Yes, it's in KFC, but I feel like everyone needs to have a low point to hit a high point. Since you're based in Denmark, how was it the process of starting a business? Was it easy? Was it hard? Was language, Danish, a big factor on starting a business? Okay, so it was, technically it was easy. It's so easy to register a business and there's a lot of resources for new business owners. I took part in something at Start Vext Aarhus at the time I was living in Aarhus. So that was way before I actually started. You know, so I did this six-week course then. And just as I got started up in 2020, I went to uh, Startup 24 here in Vivo. There are these wonderful free programs that help entrepreneurs get started. But it's all really overwhelming. There's a lot. Like, if you just do that, I feel like it's not enough. You definitely need a support system. You definitely need mentors, people who have done it before you and who know what you're going through. So starting a business is easy and hard. The Danish is definitely an issue. I feel comfortable enough in Danish that I'm able to work through whatever I need to do. But I think the biggest problem is getting out there in the business world, especially in B2B, like when I'm selling my courses to companies. Companies don't work with people they don't know. And if you don't know them, so having that Danish work, work network is really important. So I suggest to anyone starting a business before you even, even before you have an idea, start building your network of Danish people in the industry that you're getting into and in associated industries. I realized that I should have been contacting people in HR and, you know, getting to know people in HR and all of these different companies that I've had contact with. I only know the students that I worked with, but you know, it's the people in HR who decide that, you know, this, they're going to offer this course to their, to their employees. So building that network is the huge uphill battle. Especially as a foreigner, because like we said earlier, they just look at you completely different until you, you prove to them that you are good enough to be part of the company. And I think with the Danish, I'm very strategic about how I use Danish. I know that when people hear that I'm a native English speaker, I get a lot more respect from the Danes. So I start off in Danish and then I ask, you know, because I'm talking about teaching English, I say to them, well, do you mind if we do do this in English? And sometimes they say no. And the fact that I asked and they said no gives me an advantage now because they prefer that I speak Danish because they're afraid to speak English. And that's what I teach. That's what I help with. So, you know, so I'm able to use it to my advantage in my industry. But I think just that just that act of going in and approaching them in Danish makes a huge difference. And and for me to be able to go and have business meetings in Danish, it just shows people that what I'm teaching is actually useful. I can pick up the phone and call them and send them an email in Danish. It shows that I myself have developed that confidence in Danish and I'm going to do that for their employees in English. Yeah. And also it shows Danes or just in general, a different culture that you respect their language, even though you're not fluent in it, you're trying. And I think that that shows a lot to someone that, like you said, maybe is not confident in their English, but you're showing that you're confident in Danish. So it's like they can see the confidence, like she's speaking Danish, fine. 
not just that, I don't just walk in and try and speak Danish. I prepare myself for those meetings. You know, I, I've taken notes, I've practiced, I've tried out things so that I've made the mistakes on my own at home. So when I go, they're not thinking, oh, she's not fluent in Danish. They're thinking, wow, her Danish is great. <laughs> and people often ask, well, how long have you been here? And, and they're really surprised that I haven't lived here all my life. Not all my life, but, you know, since I was much younger. So getting that, just practicing in the area that you need to be fluent in is so helpful. You don't need to be able to do everything in Danish. There are certain things you need to be able to do really well. And practicing this so that you can do those things really well is a really good idea. You can really translate your English teaching into Danish. Be also successful in that. But let's, let's master English first and then Danish. <laughs> What was one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you first started and that you can just go travel back in time and say, Chrysia, don't do that? <laughs> it's more of a Chrysia, do this. And it is definitely the part about building that Danish network of people. I met people along the way who could have been really helpful if I had established deeper connections with them at that time. And so I think now it's, I'm in the position where everyone I meet I'm, you know, asking to connect on LinkedIn. I'm kind of dropping them a message here and there so that they remember who I am because I may need their help at some point in the future. And what's beginning to finally happen as I'm building my network, especially on LinkedIn, is, and, and Danes use LinkedIn a lot. So I'm beginning to like see people I want to get in touch with. And now I have contacts who know that person and I'm able to get introductions and you know, I've been at this for two years now. So I wish I had done this, you know, my whole time in Denmark before I was even thinking about starting a business. I wish I had connected with more people on a professional level. And I mean by LinkedIn. And so I'm also beginning to translate some of my Facebook Danish friends into LinkedIn friendships, because I think having that LinkedIn link is, is really important here in Denmark. So that's definitely one thing I would do differently. Yeah, I didn't realize how important LinkedIn was until I moved to Denmark, because in the U.S. it's really, it's there, but it's more for like looking for a job and... Right. And here it's for getting a coffee meeting. And a coffee meeting is the gold standard of getting business. Yeah. Coffee time. A coffee meeting where you, yeah, where you sit and have coffee with someone who either makes the decision or influences the person who makes the decision. It's how my husband got his job, you know, at a school here. And it's how, you know, everything, everything revolves around this coffee meeting. I wish I had known that earlier. Yeah. So any listeners want to connect or get a job or do something? Coffee meetings and LinkedIn are Coffee meetings. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about your podcast uh, before we wrap up this interview. Just tell the audience a little bit of what you do in your podcast. You touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think it's so important that people that's listening know about your podcast, especially the ones that are kind of hesitant with their English. Yeah. Okay. So Doing Business in English is the name of my podcast, and I'm so excited about it. I've only just started it February 1st. And it took me a long time to come up with the idea for it, but I alternate solo episodes where I share tips and tricks for improving your English, but also a lot of them have to do with mindset and confidence. It's not necessarily, oh, do this for your grammar or this for vocabulary. It's about approach English with this mindset or, you know, how to look for a good private English teacher, what you should do before you go running out and try to get private lessons, you know, things like that. 
but I alternate these solo episodes with interviews. And, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what my podcast format was going to be. And I was listening to other business English podcasts and really I hated them. I didn't want to be on any of them. I didn't want to invite any of them as guests or mine. I was like, okay, how am I going to have a podcast in an industry where I don't like any of the podcasts and you're supposed to try and look for guest podcasts? And I realized that the guests that I wanted weren't English teachers. They're people who are doing business in English. So, and again, my focus is on women because we as women tend to have that imposter syndrome and that lack of confidence that doesn't seem to be as prevalent with men. And so I wanted to talk to women who are doing business in English. So women from all around the world who have you know, have gotten over those fears or have figured out a way to build up their own confidence so that they can do business in English. And I started, I put out a call in my mailing list for interviews and I've got, you know, my first three are already recorded. The next three are lined up for next week. There's definitely a desire for people to share their experience. And so far, everyone I've spoken to has shared how important it is to just start speaking before you feel ready. And I'm so, I think, getting this message out into the world is a huge step for many people to start using their English. So I'm really excited about my podcast. I'm excited for you. And I remember when you first started talking about it and just last month, you're like, I'm launching it. I was like, yay, because I enjoy podcasting. And so when someone says, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm like, do it. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I had a YouTube. I mean, I have a YouTube channel as well. And last year I spent, you know, I did lives on my YouTube channel and in my Facebook page and my Facebook group almost every week. So I was already used to kind of doing this online, but a podcast is unique. I think it's a special opportunity to, you know, really talk to people and really connect with people. And I like I'm connecting with my guests in a very special way and I'm becoming friends with them. And I love that. I love that. Yeah, I feel the same with all my previous podcast guests and ones that's coming up. It's just I feel connected to them in a way, relate to them in a way, and then share their story because I know it will inspire other people some way or another, or listeners will see themselves in the guests. I think for my students and clients, one of the challenges is that people hear English and they think, oh, if I'm going to use English at work, my English needs to be perfect. And so by interviewing real people who are using English, you know, at work, they can hear that, oh, wait, this person still has a strong accent, but they've been, you know, working in English for the past 10 years, or this person just made a grammar mistake, and that's okay. You know, I don't care. We don't care when people make mistakes. If they have information that we want, we want that information. We don't care about the grammar, you know? So being able to really not just tell people that, but do that live on a podcast is really special. And you got them speaking English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Some tips for the audience who are thinking of starting a business in Denmark or just in general, starting a business, a passion business, anything that they want, sell art or anything inspiring, but also just super scared. What would you tell them to do? Don't think too much. I listened to an episode of Amy Porterfield's podcast, which changed my life. And it was, uh, I think the episode is called Become the Best Decision Maker You Know. And she talks about how if you approach decisions as good or bad, like if I do this, this is good. And if I do something else, it's bad. And I need to find the right decision. Then you're not going to get anywhere because you spend 
all this time researching and researching and you're online and there's so much information out there on every single side of the decision. So the key is to say, okay, there's a goal that I have. Maybe it's to start this business or to build a website or whatever it is. You make that goal and you say, I have to make some decisions to get there. But you only take as much time as you need to make any decision because the decision is the tool. The action that results from it is really the purpose. So once you start taking action, you can see, well, did this get me towards my goal? Yes. Okay. I'll keep doing it. No, I'll make a new decision. But if you make the decision quickly and just take action, then everything else starts to happen. You will make some decisions that result in not moving towards your goal. That's not a bad decision because you took action and now you know that you have to go in another direction. You only know that because you took that original action. You can't get mad at yourself for not making the other decision because you didn't have that information before. So when you make a decision, it's really about taking action and you just keep taking action every single day and review, did this take me towards my goal? Yes, okay, keep going. No, okay, change it. And I think getting started and taking action and continuing to take action is the best thing you can do for, for getting going with your business. I spent three years after I did that course in Aarhus not taking action, thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna start a business, but I didn't do anything for the next three years. You know, So yeah, I regret that and I wish I had taken action because then I would be six years in right now. Yeah, but you're, you did start a business. It was in your head. <laughs> it was in my head, but that's the thing. All of that time running around in my head, I was miserable with what I was actually doing. I wasn't taking action towards it. Yeah, so that idea of forget about making the right decision. Make any decision, take action, and then figure out if that decision moved you towards your goal or not. That's a really great tip because I feel like any starting entrepreneur or anyone that just wants to start a business, they're just in their head. But how about if I do this wrong? How about to do that wrong? Or I'll fail or something like that. Making mistakes is part of it. If you imagine, okay, if I'm going to get this right, I have to make 200 mistakes. So just start making the mistakes, <laughs> you know, like see yourself in the future and see yourself getting it, getting on track, but know that the way there is paved with mistakes and just start making them, start collecting those mistakes because that's what's going to get you where you need to be. You're making mistakes if you're doing something. When you're not doing anything, you're not making any mistakes, but you're not moving towards your goal. Yeah, you're not learning anything and you're not moving any, anything forward. So any of the listeners, I thought that was a really good tip is just make a decision, do any decision, right or wrong. Um, you'll learn and also give you the confidence to move forward and start start that make that decision on uh, starting a business because it can go up or down, but you're learning from it. I feel like we can talk forever. And I know- Yeah, <laughs> I know we could. <laughs> I know because we, we love talking about what we, our passion is. Mine is a podcasting and yours is about- Business and parenting and <laughs> all these things that you're talking about, yeah. But we'll definitely wrap everything up. Before I end it, I would love to know, since you're in Vibu and I've never been there and- No, I'm in Vibu. Oh, Vibo, sorry. Vibo. They all sound the same to me. Vibu, Vibo. I live in Vile. Can you tell the audience like two go-to places that you take your kids to? And I also add it on my kiddily.com because I, I love sharing these family-friendly places to the listeners and also on uh, my blogging website, Kiddily. So what would be your two go-to places that 
a parent can visit or do something with their with their family? Oh, definitely. So if you have a day to spend in Vipo, go to Bovol, which is it's a park near the water. So Vipo is actually on two lakes. And the northern lake has a park called Bovol. And it is it's a historical place. So there's like some you know, big mound and stuff, but it's a nice garden. And there in the winter there's ice skating. It's a skating rink. And then in the summer, that same place is like this outdoor play area. There's playground, there's ice cream, there's um, those little swan boats that you can paddle around. It's really, really nice. Can I get three places? Because Vivo has some great places. There's another place on the southern lake called Sones. And it's, um, it's like this, another outdoor area, but they've got this series of canals and they have different ways to get across them. So there's one little raft and you pull yourself on a rope and then there's these stepping stones and oh, the kids just love it. It's really fun to, to go around and see. And it's of course right on the lake. So it's a beautiful view from there. And then a little bit south of Vipo, there's an area called Hale and there's an old fortress there. And it's a wonderful walk in nature and it's on a different lake out there. It is gorgeous and there's lots of lots of things to do and play and the kids can explore and you can have a picnic out there. So that's Boval and Sones and Hale. I already wrote something about Boval in your uh, in Kitaly. I remember when I was trying it out. So yeah, but I'll get in and do the others. But I'll also make sure I get this this PDF for your listeners at lightningenglish.com slash Danish. And I'll put that up there for you. Yes. Also uh, mention your social media page, your website. You already mentioned your website. Any other ways that a listener can get in contact with you with their English or just to see how, you know, you started business. Maybe someone's kind of starting something similar. Maybe not, it's not English, but it's, it's uh, Italian and they want to kind of use your tips on how to, you know, start something in Italian. Okay. So my Instagram is at the real lightning English. And it's also the same on Facebook. My Facebook uh, business page is at the real lightning English. Yeah, that's the best way to kind of connect with me. Obviously, I'm also on LinkedIn. You can just look for Chrissia Eustason, spelled the Danish way. I'm sure you'll have it somewhere in the show notes or something. And yeah, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Write a message and let me know that you heard me on the podcast and that's why you're connecting. Yeah, if you do download this PDF, you'll be on my mailing list, which is really helpful for all sorts of tips that can be applied to any language. And just get in touch with me. You know, write to me, Chrissia at lightningenglish.com. Perfect. And um, you guys don't have to rush to a pen or paper. I will have all this information on the website so you can connect with her in any of those uh, outlets. Oh, and the podcast. So you can search in your favorite podcast app for doing business in English, or you can go to podcast.lightningenglish.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your experience in Denmark on how you started a business, especially your passion for helping other women uh, improve their English. And I really appreciate it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of my listeners also appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was such a great conversation that Kirsia and I had about starting a business in Denmark. She definitely shared the highs and lows of living in Denmark and starting a business. And I'm really happy that she took the time to actually share her experience. And I hope you, the listeners, are inspired to take that leap 
take that leap of starting a business abroad, especially if you're living in a different country or here in Denmark, it is worth it. She shared her experience on why she started it. She already had the experience of teaching English and she just wanted to perfect it and help other internationals. And you can hear it when she was talking about how she wanted to just inspire international women to speak English in a professional setting, to be more confident in themselves on speaking. And I just find that so inspirational. And we can take that not just in speaking English, but also in everyday life on just being inspired to do something that uh, we're scared of. And also she's going to be sharing her tips and tricks on how to learn Danish. Right now, I'm in Danish class, if you guys listen to the whole episode, but I'm in Danish class and it's such a struggle for me to learn Danish and I can understand it. I've been living here for a while now, so I understand it. But just going to class and learning new words, it's just such a struggle. I'm so happy that she is going to share her tips and tricks with the listeners, with you, with me on how to pass PD3 um, Danish classes. And if you're not living in Denmark, the PD3 test is really important, especially if you're trying to get a citizenship or permanent residency. Here in Denmark, it's actually really important for any international to pass it because it shows that uh, you've learned Danish and now you're capable of speaking Danish in Denmark. So I'm really happy that she will be sharing that PDF and I'll have it on my website so you guys, the listeners, can actually get it too and pass your class or if you want to learn Danish. And she said that it applies to all languages. So it's not just Danish. If you're learning Spanish, you're learning Chinese, if you're learning any other languages, she said that it also applies to it. So it, it would be nice if you guys are learning any other languages. She said that it also helps with uh, other languages. So go to the website and get that PDF so you guys can uh, learn a language very fast. But that is all for this podcast. You can connect with Chrissia. And also, I didn't mention about her podcast. So if you want to listen to her podcast about learning English, it's Doing Business in English. You can find it on Spotify and also iTunes and also on her website. So if you want to learn English or find confidence in English, she does podcasts and she interviews students on how they find confidence. So definitely listen to it, subscribe to it. And so you guys can get your English top-notch for professional setting. So yeah, if you want to connect with Chrissia, you can find her links on my website, follow her on Facebook. Also, she's on Instagram. So thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast. Thanks guys. Bye.